Is your suitcase packed? Come with me this week to meet one of our brothers in China who is part of the underground church there. Every time he leaves home to share the gospel, he and his family know there's a possibility that he won't come back. I mean, every time I go out, I I won't tell my wife because that's really worrying her and also the kid. And I mean, we all know if we choose to work for the Lord, you know, you will be persecuted for sure. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. We're on a trip to China this week and next week here on VOM Radio, and you'll get the chance to hear from leaders in China's illegal underground church. Next week, we're going to hear from a house church pastor about some of the challenges of his work. But today, we're sitting down with a Bible smuggler, one of our VOM partners who helps us distribute God's Word all over China. I had to travel light because I didn't want to look like a journalist going through security, which would draw too much attention to the people that I wanted to meet with. So I didn't have a lot of equipment. The sound quality won't be as good as the guests who come and sit down in our studio, but it's worth it to hear firsthand the joys and challenges of following Jesus Christ in China. Let's listen. Uh, we have a brother who's going to share with us a little bit about the Chinese church. And uh, honestly, for his protection, we're not going to use any name this week. We're just going to say our brother, and he's going to share. He's involved in the church here, as well as involved in helping Chinese Christians get Bibles. We'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges of that. So welcome, and it's great to be with you today. Hello. <laughs> what is the situation for the church right now in China? And I think uh, as a snapshot right now, is it getting better? Is it getting harder? Uh, we've heard some things about, you know, more persecution, you know, the crosses being torn down off of churches, those type of things. What's your perception of how it is for the church right now? As you guys know, last year we had uh, many cases about the uh, crosses being uh, taking off from the building. So this year we do have uh, a lot of uh, cases about underground churches being shut down. Uh, we are expecting the situation will be getting more tight. Uh, and we've seen quite a few cases in the middle of China already happen. And one of the things that is is very interesting to me, not only in China, but in the other countries where our company works, um, is how you prepare. So you've said, we think things are going to get harder, they're going to get tighter. How are you preparing for that? What are you doing to get the church ready okay. for if things really do get worse or get bad? Mm -hmm. Okay, in talking about uh, getting tighter or, you know, the situation is getting, you know, worse. Uh, actually, we we are not, you know, we're not the people. We never experienced this difficulty before. Many years ago, we had uh, so many uh, people were being persecuted. It's like uh, 
although we know it's getting getting tighter, but we know that's something we can bear, something that is not we uh, never seen. So I mean, our forefathers and experienced that, and even for us, we many of us we have been persecuted. So that's just we are we're always ready. So you don't feel intimidated by the idea that, oh, the government's going to crack down on us or, you know, churches are going to be closed down. It doesn't sound like you feel like that's a real threat. No, no, that's that's really something that, you know, in the hands of the Lord. So we know today the Chinese church, or we, we see it's uh, kind of, I mean, revival today, but uh, there is not much quality in it. So we believe... Uh, this happening is is good for the you know clar- clarify of the church, purify of the church. So, it's normal. It's normal. One of the things that we hear from different guests is the benefits of persecution, and you just talked about right. purifying right. and clarifying. Yeah. Talk a little more about what you see as the blessings or the benefits that come when it is hard, when it's difficult. Persecution is like fire, you know. Uh, I've just used, used the word like purifying. If we want the pure gold, we have to let it go through fire. So today we've seen a lot, a lot uh, I should say, nominal Christians or Christians walking in the flesh or, you know, some cultural believers, Christians. I mean, Christianity in China is more popular today and it's it's not just for the poor people. Like before, it's educated people, you know, uh, like, even for the government, you know, officials and people think this is cool. You know, this is from West. You know, they think it's Christianity is from the West. Everything about the West is so cool. So, like today, like Thanksgiving, the, all the festivals, like you know, Christmas and all Easter. You know, we Chinese don't even know what's what that really means. You know, but we think it's cool. It's from the West, so everybody likes it, enjoys it. So. The blessing for the church is, you know, when we're facing, we're facing the difficulties, and it will be more. I mean, the 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 serious serious believers will stay. Like, so it doesn't matter what happened. I will be, I'll be here. I will be coming to the church every week. So, I don't care about the you know, persecution or difficult situation. So, and I know you mentioned that that many of the believers have experienced it before. They. Mm-hmm. You know, they've come through even some going back to the Cultural Revolution and right, that far right, back. Right. What What have you experienced mm-hmm. for following Christ in China? My grandfa- grandfather was a minister, was a pastor, and also he's a, he, he was a, a missionary from uh, Gobi province to Inner Mongolia. So he, has, he had been in, a, in prison for 10 years, over 10 years. And he faced the persecution. And I mean, 10 years for him, that was, and compared with other leaders at that time, it was short. I mean, my father was a deacon in the church, and uh, he faced the persecution and threatening by a lot of people. He refused to uh, join, you know, the uh, state church. And when I was a little kid, and he was ready every, every time, because... You know, at that time we we didn't have a lot of cars in in China, and every time you see you see a car, that means some people important coming. 
So every time we heard, we hear a, the car's engine or we saw a car coming towards our village, my father would tell my mother, okay, prepare my clothes. I'm ready to be taken away. I grew up like that. I grew up like that. And personally for me, and I personally experienced like four, at least four times of being detained. So each time at least 15 days. And my co-workers and we, we faced, we experienced the same. And some of them being sentenced like three years or even more, you know, longer time. Let, let me ask you about the first time you were detained for 15 days. How did you respond to that? Or what happened in your heart and in mm. your faith as you went through that experience? Which, like you say, your grandfather spent 10 years right. in prison. Your father was ready to be arrested. So now you're kind of going through what you've seen others go through. But yeah. how did it change when it was you, when it was your experience? The first reaction for me is privilege. I am finally, I'm like my grandfather the interesting thing is, you know, the five years of his uh, president was in Hebei province. And the, what happened to me was in the same province and very close to where my grandfather was. So I, I just, I felt like, you know, I'm so privileged. And in my family, this is many years ago, my grandfather was here and suffered for the Lord. And today I am here. So I just feel the privilege. And uh, also my father is like, he was... So he was so happy. He said, "Many years ago, I came here. I came here to pick up your grandfather, and today I'm picking up you from the same province, very close to each other." So he 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 was like, "Lord, thank you. I thank you." This that uh, that is just. I'm picturing the people who are listening to this, and they're saying, "Wait a minute, this guy got arrested," and he's like, "Yes, what a great blessing. This is such a privilege. That's that's earth shattering." to most of the people who are going to listen to this, that someone would go to jail and say, thank you, Lord, for this blessing that you've given me to have this experience. Right. So how, how, do, you, how do you explain that? <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is not something culture, you know. It's, I think you know, Christianity is really a relationship, and uh, God is real. And we have this relationship with him. It's not just by saying, okay, God, we trust you. And we, we trust him. And we know the great commission he has been given us. So we are so honored to be his servant. So, I mean, I, I don't see any reason that we shouldn't be happy, shouldn't be happy. So this is really uh, a great blessing from him. By the way, and you can save people. There are people in the prison they really help, you know, hopeless people, and they are facing, you know, death, death sentence, and they will be leaving the world. So you have the chance to share the gospel with them. You save their souls, and that what a what a blessing, you know. The first time I really experienced the miracle happening during the in the, the that time period of time. Was there any time, especially that first time, where mm. you felt afraid or had fear or? because of your family history and your grandfather's experience, did you just see this as another step in, in what it means to follow Christ? Mm -hmm. No, actually, I think that's legacy. You know, that's just uh, my family legacy. And uh, first time I faced that, I was reported by some Buddhist, 
we were passing tracks to that area, and uh, uh, we made sure everybody has, every family has a, has one track. And uh, we finished passing out the tracks, and uh, we we found by them, and they, they reported us to the police, and then they asked all the villagers to give back all the tracks, and they want they wanted to use broadcast, I mean uh, microphone speaker, like a bullhorn. Yep, and. Uh, they said, okay, let's find the, the leader of the village and uh, call all the villagers, give all the tracks back to us. You know what happened? No electricity at the <laughs> <laughs> So they said, okay, we okay, forget about it. <laughs> and, and we were taken by them and put into a jail. Me and another co-worker, actually, and uh, we were together in the... I think we have to, like 10 people there. So I got a chance to go out to do some work, like mow the grass and talking about mowing grass, not like you guys do <laughs> in the U.S. and just use some kind of tool. So it was just, labor. I mean, it wasn't like they yeah, just put you in a cell all day. They made you work. Yeah, I mean, that work is not very hard. It's really, you can you can go out seeing things and, I mean, but it's, it's in the yard, of course. So I got a chance to talk to the other sales prisoners so I shared the gospel with them, and a lot of them became Christians. So that's that's really amazing. And uh, some of them, they, from what they told me, is like they will be sentenced, they will be shot, like uh, after like uh, the National Day. So I w we were uh, arrested by them like before National Day. So after we preached the gospel, I preached the gospel to them, and it will be National Day. So they said we will be shot, we will be dead. And some of them said, let's see, let's meet in, in heaven again. So it was very encouraging. So that was years ago. Yeah, that was in 1997. You're doing work today to get the Bibles into hands of Chinese Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Work that could result in you going back to jail. Possibly. possibly. <laughs> Hopefully not, but possibly. Uh, possibly. You're not intimidated by that, though. I mean, you're not afraid of going to jail. I mean, persecution, suffering, it, you can't really hide from that. I mean, if you are a real Christian, you will be persecuted. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you will be persecuted <laughs> if you want to be a godly person. I'm Todd Nettleton, and you're listening to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're listening in on an interview that I recorded with a brother in China. We're not going to tell you anything about his identity for security reasons, and I needed to travel light in China in order not to draw unnecessary attention while interviewing members of the underground church there. So we're trading sound quality for the opportunity to hear firsthand from this brother who is risking his life for the gospel. Let's get back to our brother in China. So how do you prepare yourself? Like when you go out on a trip mm -hmm. to take Bibles to somebody, mm -hmm. how do you prepare spiritually and how do you say goodbye to your wife and knowing, well, if, you know, if this trip goes badly, mm -hmm. I'll see you in three years. <laughs> how do you... How do you prepare and get ready for that? I mean, we all know 
if we choose to work for the Lord sometime, I mean, maybe not now, you know, you will be persecuted for sure. But I mean, every time I go out, I, I won't tell my wife because that's really worrying her and also the, the kid. And, you know, I, I talk to them about the, the persecution I've faced before. But uh, I myself ready, and, and I mean, she is ready in her heart too. I mean, there is nothing you need to be prepared. I mean, how do you prepare? You can, can you just disappear? You can go to another country, or I mean, you can't really. So just, uh, we're not bad people. We're helping our, our Chinese people. So we love them, we love the government, and you know, you, you treat us, you mistreat us, that's your problem. Let's talk a little bit about the church in China. And one of the, one of the things you mentioned with regard to your dad is, is mm. the issue of registration and not right. registration. Right. I know some of the stories we've heard, even in the last year now, of persecution in the registered church, in the three-self mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. So it used to be kind of in my perception is the old days, it was like the house church got persecuted, the registered right. church got left alone. Right. It seems like now it's happening in both cases. Right. Why do the house churches choose not to be a part of the registered church? There are a lot of things changed in the registered churches. And before they were like, okay, our only, it's like the government is like the, the object of our faith. So it's like oh, everything we will depend on them. And their faith was not really faith and there's their uh, they they are changed they they like the lord they they you know they teach biblically you know they are more like okay we're we want to depend on the lord so there's big change in them so that's why you know they are facing dif- you know difficulties too so but you know for us as underground churches house churches we don't we just don't want that trouble we just want to you know purely depend on the lord I mean, we are good citizens, but we're not saying we're against our government or anything like that. We pay tax and we do anything. You know, we pray for the government. We do everything. You know, every time every disaster happened, earthquake or you know, bad things happen, the Christians will be helping them. So we have a good reputation for so. But we just think, okay, we don't want that name, like okay, organization thing. Yeah, we just want to be. So it's interesting to me that the persecution on the registered church is coming because there has been revival in the church. And yes. the church is genuinely preaching the gospel. Yes. And that obviously makes the government uncomfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the same reason that the house churches make the government uncomfortable, mm-hmm. now the registered churches are doing the same thing, and which is why that persecution is coming. Yeah. Is there, and this—China's <laughs> a huge country, so this is a big question. Mm-hmm. What is the relationship between the registered church and the house churches? Do they ever cooperate and work together? Do they kind of stay completely separate from each other, or is it different in every different place? Uh, like what I just said about my my grandfather's persecution, the first time he was in jail for—in the prison for five years was reported by the— Believers in the three self in the in the state church. Wow. And I mean, 
brothers. Mm -hmm. Like they go, they went to a place to visit visit brother in the Lord, and okay, they said, okay, just wait, and you know, you know, I will be back. And they brought somebody, so he was arrested. And I mean, there is hatred. There is. I I have a pastor friend who has like a, probably he's leading like ten thousand believers, and he's a three self church leader. Turn out like okay, the government is saying you are the biggest house church in this area. <laughs> like you turn the state church into a house church, <laughs> and what are you doing? You know, working together a lot in many uh, you know situations. I'm telling you know the, my friends and our you know, our students in the Bible class. I I told them just don't ever you know hate the state state church and you know. Just love them. Just you know, help each other. Let's talk a little bit about Bibles because I know part of your work and part of the work that our organization helps with mm -hmm. is getting Bibles to Chinese Christians. Right, right. What's the status of of the Bible as far as if the average Christian mm -hmm. wants to go get a Bible? Can they? Can they get one? Can they buy one? Is it legal? And then why do we still need help to get more Bibles. Okay. Uh, okay. Today, uh, I, I I would say most of the Bibles we're buying and distributing are to the underground churches. And for the underground churches, you know, if you want to buy Bibles, they, they are going to ask you what church are you belong to. You know, all, all kinds of questions they will ask you. And, you know, so uh, it's, it's not like, okay, the three self church, or they know. Okay, okay. This church, this the name of the church and the name of the leader. Okay, we know them. Okay, you have how many? You know how big congregation you are. You have, so they know everything. They just sell the Bibles to you. But for the underground churches, they don't know the exact numbers. They don't know the leadership, so they kind of feel like, okay, you know, is that true? Or we just we don't want to help you guys. So if if one person walks into a three self church and says, "I want to buy a Bible," probably they can't. They can, yes, they can. Okay. But if they say, "I want to buy a hundred Bibles," that's almost impossible. Okay. okay. Yeah, almost impossible. So that's what uh, our organization is helping is to fill mm -hmm. that gap right. for the house churches that can't get right. hundreds or thousands of Bibles, which is what they need. Right. The state churches are not everywhere. Only in the counties or in, in, the, in the cities and counties, but not really in the you know remote places like villages. So if our poor villager believer and he wants to get a Bible, he has to go take a bus and you know travel like the whole day to get a Bible. Sometimes it's not really convenient to do that. So I mean, if we can do something for them, we just you know put a Bible in their hand. You know. What a privilege that will that be, you know, save a lot of trouble, a lot of money for them. I mean, if we have this thing, we have this, you know, we have the strength to help them, why not? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As we finish up, I want you to equip our listeners to pray for China. What are some specific ways that, that Christians in America can pray for the church here and pray for the nation of China? So as we just uh, talked about the persecution, I mean, it's coming, it's coming. We know the Lord is coming back. 
So we're, we, can't, we can't expect everything will be good, earthly things. And also we've seen things happening um, here. We ask you guys to pray for us, to just ask the Lord to strengthen us, give us hope, and let us know whatever happened on the earth is temporary. And uh, what will be in heaven, that's eternal. So just uh, pray for us and uh, encourage us. Uh, we know it's uh, giving us Bibles and support. That's a big, already has a big support. We know you are part of the ministry here in China. Yeah, you you guys doing already doing a big thing, a big favor, and you know for for the Chinese churches. So just pray for us and stand firm in the Lord. No matter what happened, faithful to Him. Thank you very much for your ministry, and thank you for sharing with us because I think your story will inspire many people, thank you. hopefully, to live more boldly for Christ. Uh, the fact that you talk about persecution as part of following Christ, mm -hmm. many Americans don't have that understanding yet. Uh, so I think this is very valuable to them. So I just I want to say thank you, and I want to encourage our listeners to pray for China, uh, pray for the Bible work that's going on, pray for the church work as they think about things getting tougher, getting maybe more difficult in the short term. Uh, just pray for strength and encouragement for them, mm -hmm. brother. Thank you very much for thank being you. with us thank today. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. We've been listening to a brother in China, a member of an unregistered house church speaking from inside China. Will you pray for this brother and for so many others like him who are faithfully serving Jesus in a really challenging environment? You know, I hope the stories like we heard today will inspire you to share your faith more boldly. If our brother in China can share the gospel in spite of government restrictions, Surely we can, since we don't have those same restrictions. You can hear more interviews like this at vomradio.net. You can listen to our archives from past broadcasts and meet more of your brothers and sisters serving Christ around the world. You know, you can also be a part of helping to distribute Bibles in China and other nations by giving to the Bibles to Captive Nations Fund at VOM. Just look for the Donate tab at the top of the page when you visit us at vomradio.net. Keep your bags packed because we're still going to be in China next week. Come with me to meet an underground church pastor and hear about his ministry, both the joys and some of the challenges that he faces in that environment. Christ is the head of our church. We submit to Christ and his word. If he tells us that we need to elect godly men, not one sent by the government, that is the reason why we remain unregistered. Now, is it wrong to register? No, because obviously many churches in America, you have that registering, non-profit and all of that. Uh, if the registering is for the purpose uh, that we have an accountability and that we are free of government control, fine. But if that's not the case, the registering is to have more control over our church 
and our finances, our doctrine, our teaching, even our leaders, then that's not fine. That would go against scripture understanding of a local church and independence in the local church. We believe that we must preach consecutive verse by verse in the Bible. When we come to difficult verse, we have to preach it. We cannot say because that would offend the government. We have to preach it. We will believe that abortion is a sin. We believe that if God wants you to have many children, preach it. But the government policy now has changed to two children. Now we can't say you can have four or five if we follow the government's order. That's why we remain unregistered. I hope you'll be along for that conversation next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.